welcome back to another Ruby Dev Summit interview. I am here with Greg Molnar. Now, Greg, um, he's this security dude that works on Rails stuff, which is super exciting. He's working on uh, the Spectre Scanner, which uh, finds security issues in your Rails apps. Um, and then uh, you also do the This Week in Rails newsletter. And I like getting hearing from you there. So, you know, you're, you're, you're involved in a lot of different things. And so it'll be really interesting to get your take. I don't think we've talked a whole lot about security yet on the summit. So hopefully we can dive into that a bit. But uh, yeah, let's back up a little bit and ask that first question. What's the future of Ruby? Well, in one word, it's bright. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm very optimistic about the future of Ruby because in the last year, I think Ruby is very tight to Rails. So wherever Rails yes. goes, Ruby kind of follows. And mm -hmm. even though... Ruby is used in many other places than Rails. Like in security, there is Metasploit, there is Beef is written in Ruby. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't know it. And a lot of penetration testers use Ruby as their main scripting language. It's Python oh, okay. or Ruby, mostly. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know it. A lot of people don't even know that Metasploit and, and Beef and other security tools are written in actually Ruby. And oh, cool. uh, But Rails with the Rails 8, roadmap looks very very mm -hmm. promising a lot of people are yeah. very excited about rails and that brings in people to the ecosystem mm -hmm. they fall in love with rails and then they fall in love with ruby hopefully <laughs> and then yeah. they realize yeah. how widely can be you have the language how widely can be used so i see a very yeah. bright future yeah. also we have more and more successful companies using ruby mm -hmm. and they all contribute back to the community like shopify they spend a lot of money yeah. supporting people to just work on core Ruby and core Rails features, which is amazing. Then yep. GitHub is kind of the, does the same. 37 signals, of course. And I think it's just growing and growing. Cookpad is another good example yep. who are giving back to the community a lot. So I think the future is bright. Yeah. I think Cookpad's based in Japan. Right. They have an office in England. Okay. I might have that wrong, but yeah. It's, yeah, it it's is. It's exciting. Company. Originally, it's in Japanese, and I think their market used to be mostly Asia, but now uh -huh. they are in the whole world, and they have an office right. in England. Yep. So, so let's let's back up and talk about some of this stuff. So, um, you mentioned Rails eight and the Rails eight uh, roadmap, um, and I, I I'm kind of tempted to start there, but there's a little piece of me that also wants to start with. The fact that you say where where rail rails goes, so goes Ruby, and I, I know some people kind of uh, they fight against that a little bit, right? They they resist that because you know for whatever reason they're not using Rails or um, you know I don't know. I, I know some people that just don't want to be in the mainstream bandwagon, whatever wherever they are. Um, but I think you're right. I, I think generally that's true. Not not in everything, but in a lot of things. Um, are you seeing innovations come into Ruby from Rails uh, that strongly these days? Or, or I think like some of like like the Vigit, the compiler, mm -hmm. the compiler, it came yeah. out of uh, of Shopify's need to make mm -hmm. the web application fast with Rails. Yes. So for instance, that's related to Rails being popular right. and being right. used by Shopify. Uh, other than that, what core Ruby feature? 
Also, I think, uh, yeah, like all of the object shapes and everything is mainly because mm -hmm. Shopify wants to have, do more performance optimizations. And those changes are like laying down the foundations to be able to do that. So I think Rails, Rails probably uh, affects how Ruby is, is developed. And the thing is with Rails, it's, it's, it's not just Rails, it's web development. Mm -hmm. Most software development these days is about the web. Then there is mobile, yep. and then there is the rest. Yeah, and that's why if Rails is be becoming more popular, then we have more market share, like Ruby mm -hmm. on its own, because then more people will learn Ruby. Right. Yeah, I I hadn't really tied it that way. I was thinking more influences like from the Rails APIs to the Ruby APIs, and sometimes you see that. But you're right. Um, a lot of the performance gains that we're seeing, I think um, Shopify is also sponsoring the parse or the prism parser, yes, you know, which so is another yeah, example, can... right? Where, yeah. you know, it, it kind of shapes the way things come together when you're deploying a Rails app. That part that is just amazing. I'm actually rewriting awesome. Spectre uh -huh. to use prism as a parser. Uh -huh. And so far what I've seen is just amazing. But the thing is, while I'm looking at the code to rewrite, I'm like, I just wanted to change the parser behind mm -hmm. the code. And then I realized this needs a rewrite. I could make it way better, but that's a ton more work. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to be done with it. Yep. Yep, yep absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I guess the other piece of it, you're talking about people coming in to use Rails. Um, most of the people I hear outside the Ruby community kind of bag on Rails more than more than are, are excited about it but um you know we have some of the things coming in the rails 8 uh roadmap like you talked about that open up all kinds of possibilities with the web platform are there things in particular you're excited about there or there will be a lot of support for pvas progressive web apps mm -hmm. so you yep. could most web apps that won't need a mobile app, only a mm -hmm. progressive web app. So you can install it as an icon on your phone and get uh, quite a few native functionality. What like a regular application would need if you don't need any right. any serious native functionality, you can achieve that. So for instance, that's a very promising, interesting one for me. Other than that, all of the new solid things like solid queue, mm -hmm. solid cache, Yep. are really exciting for me. Yeah, for me too. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just, especially, uh, so solid cache um, and solid queue. For me, the, the big thing is I don't have to deploy Redis anymore. Yeah. I guess you need a fraction cable, but all the other stuff you don't need it for. It depends if you use action cable. Like a lot of applications don't use WebSockets. So. Right, yep. But uh, you know, yeah. For the rest of it, yeah. I just I don't have to I don't have to worry about it. I have to deal with it. And then uh, mission control is exciting. And then yeah, some of the other stuff with Strata and Hotwire, uh, Turbo Native, right? So if you really want yeah. to go the way of putting your Rails app on uh, as a kind of a native app or that looks like a native app, you can even take that next step and just have it. Yeah. Definitely. Very cool. So um, we've we've kind of talked a little bit too about how Prism Parser is helping you with uh, your Spectre Scanner, 
and yeah i'm i'm excited to to see where that goes i mean i've used like breakman and, and stuff like that but uh you want to tell us a little bit about the spectra parser and then talk a little bit about security and ruby and rails yes so spectre is a static code analyzer and it is helpful to find vulnerabilities in your rails code mm -hmm. and i also want to extend it to just general ruby so you could run mm -hmm. it against a ruby gem and right. The main differentiator from Breakman, Breakman is free if you use it on your own app. But if mm -hmm. you run it on someone else's app and you are getting paid for it, then you need a license. Okay. And as a penetration tester, when I test right. the Rails app, I run a static code analyzer on it. That's why I created Spectre. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to buy a license for, I don't even know if I could buy a license for Breakman because it's owned by a big corporation and right. probably the yeah. price would be insane. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I actually made the app, uh, I made the, the jam. And uh, the in interesting thing with Prism, Prism has a also a JavaScript parser, uh, ex mm -hmm. par an API for JavaScript parser from Ruby. So my idea is for the next version is to also check the JavaScript code for potential oh, vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And then you wouldn't need to run two separate uh, static code analyzer for the JavaScript part of your app. If you, let's say, use a, a total, an SPA, so you have a Rails API and you have the the JavaScript app in the same um, folder mm -hmm. or the same repository, you could just run a scanner and scan both of them for vulnerabilities. And you would see where the data is coming from to JavaScript. So it will be way easier to figure out if there is a vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, where where do you see this taking things as far as the future of Ruby and Rails? Having something like uh, Spectre Scanner? Well, hopefully it will have to have to secure more applications. The interesting fact is, you know, the Ruby, or oh, I think it's, um, it's Robbie Russell who does a, a questionnaire, like a, a mm -hmm. survey every year. And 50% of the Rails apps, or only 40-some percent, runs Breakman or any other static code analyzer on the apps. Oh, really? Which is, to me, it's like super sad because it's a low cost, low effort, mm -hmm. and potentially high yield effort. So why people are not doing that, I don't get it. But now Rails is coming with Breakman in the default gem file. So that should mm. increase adoption of static code analyzers. And I hope that it will prevent silly vulnerabilities ending up in production code. Yeah. In the future. Yeah, I, I've been talking to a number of people, and there are, as far as like just being ready for the future of the web in general, um, I mean, two areas that I see just kind of breaking in and, and making a difference. One of them is AI. And we can talk about AI if you have something you want to throw in on that. But um, the, the other one is security, right? And I'm, I, I just keep seeing that um, more and more apps are being compromised in more and more interesting ways. We're consistently finding zero days in everything. Um, but it also seems like a lot of people just make dumb human errors, right? I mean, I, I'm, I keep thinking back to uh, one of the big credit agencies. I can't remember which one, but, you know, they, they got hacked effectively or they had data compromised because... They hadn't updated a database engine or something. I mean, something really simple, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, if the big guys can fall for it, the little guys like like me and you, it it just it you know it's it's a little bit scary because I don't 
I don't want to be the guy that compromised somebody's information. And so, yeah, so I see that becoming more and more of a thing because, yeah, as as they're able to identify, oh, you're running Rails or, oh, you're running, uh, you know, this web server to serve Rails, whether it's Puma or Nginx or whatever. Um, hey, there, there's a there's a way in through that. Yeah. And just just staying on top of it. I think it's going to become more and more of a thing. Yeah, but I also see it's trickling down now a little, like five, six, eight years ago, it was more mostly bigger corporations mm-hmm. worrying, about, worrying about security because they were the ma- main target. But now right. it's more of the small businesses are also becoming targets and some of them get infected with uh, cre- uh, ransomware. And yeah. then that's when they realize, oh, maybe we should worry about security a bit more because we can't access our own data unless mm-hmm. we pay some Bitcoin to some Russian criminals. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting space, but I I very much see um, that becoming more and more of an issue for more and more people. And it sounds yeah. like you do too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I see, and actually I, I see a good trend. A lot more small businesses are worrying about security. Which mm-hmm. is, I think, it's great because everybody should be. Everybody should have, yeah, a little bit of focus on that. Once you are on the market, then you 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 are over the kind of initial startup phase, and you can make money. You have profit, then you should think about okay, let's spend a bit of money or resources on security, because otherwise you might end up in a bad situation when your data is leaked or or you don't even notice. Sometimes they are just selling the data on the black market, and companies are realizing it six months later. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Are there other areas of security or things related to security that you see coming down the pipe, either features in Rails that give us better options or areas of concern that maybe we don't worry about so much right now? Uh, yes, Rails 7.1 introduced a a, a, good, a few good helpers to roll your own authentication. Mm-hmm. So there are a bunch of helpers to generate uh, short-lived tokens for password resets, for email confirmation, etc. And also Rails 8 will come with Bundler included by default. Oh, sorry, not Bundler, but um, uh, Breakman included mm-hmm. by default in the gem file. Also a GitHub, GitHub action file, which runs Breakman on your CI. Oh, okay. I think that's only a template, but it's just so easy for people to to set all that up now. Also, it will come with a dependency with a dependency management check on mm-hmm. GitHub uh, CI, and uh, I think that's all the security related new stuff which is coming into Rails eight so far. But even just okay. those, those are so easy and low cost things to do, and they make such a big difference. Like if you are running any dependency vulnerability management tool, which like bundle audit, or the, this one uses GitHub's own. I don't remember the name. It's yeah, Dependabot. Dependabot, yeah. Yeah, which is just alerts you if there is any security release for any of your dependencies, and it just makes life so much secure because there are a lot of companies using outdated libraries. I test Rails applications and. Like I don't know, seventy percent of the time, I think I find an outdated vulnerable dependency, 
and like versions of Rails, which has like serious vulnerabilities. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to admit, there have been a few contracts that I've taken lately where um, they were still back on like Ruby four or five. Um, so one of them, I upgraded them from. I think it was five. I think it was five one. I upgraded them up to the latest version of six, and I was trying to talk them into going to seven, even though six is still receiving uh security updates as far as yeah. i know i yeah, can't remember when the cutoffs are but um yeah the other contract the one that um kind of went into limbo a couple weeks ago um they they just started the new year they we had finished the bit of work that they needed us to do and now they're figuring out what they want next um they're still on rails 5 and i don't think rails 5 is receiving updates anymore uh no but i don't think we have any major vulnerability right for rails 5 the ones i usually see is rails 6 but they are not on the latest it's they are on an earlier version of rails 6 and oh, rails okay. 6 had quite a few serious security fixes yep makes sense so are there other things that you're seeing in the ruby or Rails communities that you're excited about that are coming our way? Yeah, I think another interesting Ruby project to mention is Dragon Ruby. Have you heard of Dragon Ruby? Dragon Ruby? Yeah. Um, I talked to Amir last week. And so yeah, he'll be so one I of think, the other interviews that we did. I think that project also takes Ruby into a good into mm -hmm. a good area, like easy game development, and he, he promotes it very well. He always gives out free licenses yep. when there are game competitions. And I think that's also another good thing for Ruby that people can realize, oh, it's not just web. I can use Ruby for other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I talked to him, um, he convinced me to actually, so uh, for Ruby Clip or Ruby Bits, um, the first project I'm going to build in that is going to be a game on Dragon Ruby. Nice. Because I've always wanted to write a video game. Um, but the other thing is, is yeah, I think he's going to give out, give me a link for licenses for anybody who goes through the video series. So, yeah, it's nice. exciting stuff to see what's coming there for sure. Yes, and there's another interesting project which is called Scarpe, which is a desktop application kit in Ruby oh, to make it easier to write desktop desktop apps with Ruby you are kind of my age we are old rubies do you remember show it used to be show and it's a rewrite of that uh, oh shoes yeah shoes shoes or show i don't remember the name correctly yeah. probably so no it's kind it was of shoes scarpe is the italian word for shoes italian so. version for yeah word for shoe so that's why it is and it's a rewrite of that project and that's also if that gets into a good state and it gets some popularity, maybe someone creates a few mm -hmm. interesting apps, then that will also bring more attention to Ruby for folks and people will realize, oh, I can use it for desktop apps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked to Andy Mala, who works on uh, Glimmer, and he has a Glimmer version that will also build desktop apps. So. Okay. Yeah, between the two, that it's cool. And yeah, shoes was written by Why the Lucky Stiff way yep. back in the day. And yeah, if you long, if you're newer to Ruby and don't know who that is, uh, go go read Why's poignant guide to Ruby. It's awesome. But yeah, very cool. I I might have to reach out to them and see if we can get uh, 
get somebody on the the podcast to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting project. I haven't tested it yet. I just went through the readme once and I was like, oh, I need to check this out when I get some time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. Oh, I know some of the people who are actually building it too. I'll have to see if I can get some of these people. We still got a couple of weeks before we're, we're publicly releasing the the um, the interviews, so they'll never know that I didn't invite them initially. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, that's exciting, and yeah, all the different places that you can see Ruby pop up. Um, I also see it in like CLI applications, and yeah, um, you know doing stuff with APIs, maybe with a, without Rails, right? Where you're, you know, connecting through one of these other options. Yes. Another application of Ruby where I, I haven't done any extension in Ruby yet, but I could actually, I use a tool called, called Burp Suit. It's an interception mm -hmm. proxy when I do penetration tests and okay. you can extend Burp. And in the past, you could only extend it with Python. And mm -hmm. uh, and Java, I think, yeah, Python and Java. And uh, recently, I don't know, maybe it's not that recent. It's maybe in the past two years they introduced also Ruby support. So via JRuby, you can also extend Burp, which oh, is for nice. people who are more comfortable with Ruby than Java or Python, like me. If I want to write mm -hmm. an extension, it would be just super simple because I can use a tool which I'm most familiar with. Right. So that's a proxy, kind of like Charles proxy. I don't know, charge proxy, but this is an intercepting proxy. Yeah. So you configure yeah. your browser to go through it for, to send every request through Burp. Through and Burp then you and can you run Burp. Yeah. Analyze, modify. Yeah. Them and. Yeah, that's, that's what charge like, proxy does. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. It's yeah. like in the security industry, Burp is like they have the biggest market yeah. share, I think, the most popular one. And it's just it's a really great tool. I, yeah, very cool. I'll have to check that one out too. So Ruby is everywhere, and but people don't really realize it, I think, how how many applications it can be used for. It's just yeah. amazing. Yep, absolutely. Very cool. Um, any other pieces of wisdom or any other projects that you want to bring up? Mm, let's think Another you've project. got some good ones that I didn't know about so <laughs> uh, any other interesting Ruby projects well, we already, already talked about Prism that's that's an mm -hmm. exciting one and it's just getting yep. better and better every every release yep. uh, what else is exciting in and coming there's also so, Hanami for, for web but mm -hmm. what I see from Hanami it's just it's not really getting developed it's like, I just actually looked at it yesterday. The last comment was two months ago or something. Mm -hmm. So it would be actually, I think it would be good to have a good competition for Rails. Yeah. But it has to be a different approach for development than what Rails does, right. because if it's kind of the same MVC stuff, why would you choose something else? It's right. everybody uses Rails anyways already. That's why. Yeah, Mar I haven't talked to Luca in a while, so. So Hanabi would be an interesting project if it would be kind of developed, but it seems like stagnant to me. 
Yeah, I haven't followed along with what's going on with Anami lately, but yeah. Yeah. And then, other than I, those, I, I can't really think about any other exciting right. projects. Yeah, I guess one other thing that came to mind while you were talking through things like Hanami, um, not that it's related, but we ran into each other at Rails World. Yep. And um, I mean, the, the energy and excitement there was just, I mean, you, you could feel it. It was so awesome. Um, yep. So do, do you see that kind of excitement, you know, more events, things like that? Uh, and are you going to be going to more things like Rails World? That's actually a really good point. We have way more events this year than we had last year. And mm -hmm. that's also an indicator of that people are actually interested in, in Ruby. Right. And people, because otherwise people wouldn't organize it. They would be, nobody would go there. Right. And uh, right. yes, I want to go to a few conferences. I, I'm going to Railsworld because it's easy for me. I have a direct flight there from here. So it's just right. super easy right. and convenient to go to Toronto. I'm not going to RailsConf, I think, but I might change my mind. And the other one, I, I definitely want to go to Eastern Europe. I'm from Eastern Europe. I want to go to right. Friendly, right. Friendly RB in Romania. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Brighton Ruby as well, probably, in England. I already yep. have a ticket, but I might not be able to go on the date, but hopefully everything will work out. And, uh, and those are the ones which I'm kind of almost sure I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And I might go to Italy as well. There is a Ruby, Ruby IT, Day, Ruby Day IT, yes, mm -hmm. Verona. Yep. And I think those are the conferences for me this year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to end up. Uh, I mean, the ones that you named are definitely ones that I'd like to go to. Um, I lived in Verona for five months, and so I'd love to go back. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, the, that's the other thing that. You know, I'm seeing more meetups. I'm seeing more conferences. I'm seeing more uh, people getting together and creating this space where we can collaborate on and talk about Ruby. And and I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. Like in Romania, I'm like so surprised. They are just announcing a Ruby meetup in Bucharest, a Ruby meetup in another city. Like what uh -huh. is going on? It's a small country. I'm yeah. from the neighboring country, from Hungary, and we don't have right. such a good Ruby community. There, I'm I'm really jealous of the Romanian <laughs> Ruby community because it's like it looks right. like Ruby is getting really popular there. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's yep. due to the people. There are a few people who really wants to spread the love, I think, and that's why it's getting more recognized and more used. Yep, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, um, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks for coming. This is this has been a lot of fun. Um, and keep us posted on uh, Spectre. I try to sign up, and it says that you're not taking new accounts, but there's a gem, so I'm going to go play with the gem. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 probably retiring the the service, and it's going to be just host your own. I will have okay. like uh, good guides how to run it on GitHub CI, how to run it a few examples CI config mm -hmm. files and. I think the main problem with the hosted version is that the app needs to access the source code and people don't really want to do that. Right. I was thinking about making workarounds to not need to to get rid of the need of access to the source mm -hmm. code, but it's just I I think it should be actually security tools should be free anyways. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, yeah, keep us posted. Maybe we'll have you on uh, Ruby Rogues to talk a little bit more about it. But uh, yeah, cool. hang in there, folks. Until next time, Max out.